You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you need batteries for your truck, batteries for your trail cameras, TV remote controls, flashlights, you name it, Interstate Batteries has what you need. They have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in, talk to a battery specialist, or for more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Welcome, folks, to the Freshwater Bite Podcast, your source for everything freshwater fishing. I'm your host, Lee Kleino, and on this podcast, you will hear from diehard anglers like yourself, the backstories of those anglers, techniques they use, gear reviews, and everything in between. So if you like fishing, turn it up, because this episode's about to kick off right now. Welcome back, friends, for another episode of the Freshwater Pipe Podcast. I hope you guys are doing well and keeping, you know, safe, staying healthy during these times. Uh, you know, quite a turn of events here in Michigan as our uh, counts continue to get high with the infection rates of the virus. Our governor actually <clears throat> has done something super drastic and overstepped her boundaries and has taking away the operation of motorized boats and that includes fishing from them so since the last episode which we talked about just you know practicing social distancing and thinking about before going fishing on how to stay safe uh during this uh crazy virus outbreak but now we can't even enjoy what many of us love to do and that's just fishing even if we wanted to go by ourselves so i don't know man it is getting crazy here and uh you know it's a little frustrating and luckily there's a lot of great groups out there voicing their opinions to our governor and hopefully she considers them and takes that ban off of uh motorized boats so we can all get back out there and enjoy what we all love to do and that's that's fishing but on today's episode i am joined by bob hines from central coast angling and bob is my very good friend from up in the grand traverse bay area and he comes on today to talk about Cisco fishing. And Cisco fishing is also, well, Cisco are also called lake herring. Some folks refer to them as that. But they are a phenomenal tasting fish. They are fun to catch. They are a great species to target. And not too many people know how and or take the time to target them in the Great Lakes. And Bob comes on the podcast today to share a ton of great information about where to find these fish this time of year, why this time of year is so great to, you know, to catch these fish. And he breaks it down step by step from everything from tackle to where to find them, what to look for uh, on your graph. And uh, yeah, the guy is just super knowledgeable. And I hope that you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did. So without any further ado, welcome my good friend, Bob Hines. Bob, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Lee? Good to talk to you again, sir. I know. You know, I was just thinking how much I miss Traverse area. <laughs> well, it's a little cold up here still. We haven't quite got the uh, the seasonal temperatures. We've been having a lot of 30s and 40s. How was the winter up there this year? Mild compared to the last two. The, uh, the lakes, I mean, we had um, ice conditions were not the greatest on the inland lakes and, the you know, the big lake 
did not freeze. So the last two winters prior, it did, and it did not this year. But doesn't mean the water's warm. We're at about uh, 36 and a half degrees right now. The lower bay is about 37 and a half. Yeah, even with ice on the bay, that's probably right around where it would be anyways if it melted off by this time. Yeah, yeah, it would. Either way, it just doesn't. It doesn't call for a polar plunge quite yet. <laughs> so, I mean, each their own, but you're not going to see me doing it. That's right. You got to stay healthy, um, especially during these times. But, yes, yes. Crazy times we're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? I, I think it's great that uh, we reconnected here and got on the podcast because, you know, we're going to talk about a topic today, uh, Cisco fishing let's go fishing yeah and i think it's something that a lot of folks uh have always wanted to try to figure out how to do and i think you know having you on the podcast today it's going to be beneficial to hear you tell us about a not only where we can find them but b how do we catch them and uh from what you've been telling me we're coming up uh, in the next few weeks when uh if you ever wanted to focus on this species of fish now's the time to do it absolutely absolutely so we basically have two peak times for uh, fishing the Cisco's here in Grand Traverse Bay, it's your spring fishery, and then it's your it's your fall fishery. Spring, you know, water temperatures are coming up; they're getting into the shallows, and then obviously your fall fishery, they're congregating, they're looking to spawn. Obviously, in the fall, you're going to find bigger fish, you know, because they've had a full summer to feed and whatnot. Okay, so, but so spring is a great time. So I mean, they 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 spawn in the fall. Yes, they are fall spawners. Yes. Because they're similar to, is that kind of like, just like salmon then? Yep. This is correct. Gotcha. So, so um, okay. it's a great, it's a great little fish to fish for. Um, the limit is 12 per person. Um, you know, I obviously run charters up here on Grand Traverse Bay. And when we run Cisco charters, I, I'm always excited because the opportunity is so high, but also it means a very large full live well. So when you say it's 12 per person, do the, do, you know, is it kind of like lake trout where depending on where you're at in the Great Lakes, you have different limits or is it for all the Great Lakes? Um, honestly, I should be better informed on that, but I'm strictly a Grand Traverse Bay guy. And as far as I know, it's 12 across Lake Michigan. Right. Well, you can't catch them any, everywhere anyway. So no, no. And, and <laughs> that's the thing with, you know, Cisco, I mean, they get them as far down. I've heard guys catch them down as far down as Frankfurt, Ludington. I mean, I know they get down there. The size, I can't tell you. Um, just the, the Grand Traverse Bay fishery for Cisco is so strong that why, if a guy lives here, why would he drive somewhere to catch right that fish for somebody that lives here? So Yeah, I've, I've heard that they're strong, obviously, in the northern part of Lake Michigan, up by you guys up there in the Grand Traverse Bay area. Uh, I have heard of them being in the northern part of Huron too. Um, probably maybe more towards like up by Alpena, around by Roger City, things like that. And then obviously Lake Superior. So it sounds like they're like in that colder water. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the thing with the Cisco is they're once a, you know, a very abundant native forage species of the Great Lakes. And they supported the large, larger commercial fisheries. Uh, unfortunately, like any great thing that's over the course of, you know, the history of Lake Michigan or any of the Great Lakes, species tend to, you know, they kind of got fished out. Gotcha. Commercially or what? Commercially. Yeah. Yep. So in 1918, it peaked at, uh, 
is just about 34 million kilograms. Okay. That's, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of Cisco. Right. And in 1992, we declined to about 0.4 million kilograms. Wow. Or ki- ki- Yeah. Kilograms. So, I mean, we, they really took a hit, especially on Lake Michigan. Uh, the fishery basically collapsed. Um, there was a little bit of an initiative put forward toward the state and, you know, our fishery is coming back. Um, and honestly, if I'm sitting here saying it's strong now, one could only imagine what it was like between, you know, the first half of the 19th century. Do you know? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet you it was. I mean, for you to say, especially to be a native fish like that, I mean, in back then when, you know, people were just starting to get into commercial fishing, I've got to imagine, like, like you said, it pro- it was probably one of the the main table fairs here in Michigan or in the early 1900s. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and by all means, these fish eat great. I mean, they are borderline almost. I don't, I don't want to say a delicacy, but anybody that's never ate one, I mean, coming out of the Great Lakes, a guy they're flaky white meat. They're as good as a walleye if you prepare them right. I, you know, the one that I caught last year, I think I was on actually with you when we, yeah, went, yeah you caught one with me. Yeah. When we went out, I'd compare it to almost like a white fish almost. Yes. It's very, very, it's, you know, it's a distant cousin of the white fish. It is. It looks a lot of people, honestly, I think even locally still, we have so many Cisco that a lot of guys are still uh, confusing identification on this, on the, the, the two species. Now, what is your number one thing that you t- can tell you know, Cisco or Lake Herring versus a whitefish. Like, what do you, what would you suggest folks to identify it as? Um, for me, it's the bluish green hue back that they have. Typically, the whitefish here in Grand Traverse Bay, they have a brown back. You know, they're grayish on the sides, and then obviously, you know, on a Cisco, like I mentioned, it's a greenish blue back, and then the dead obvious is the mouth. Okay, they have more forward lips on the Cisco. Whitefish have a more lower you know, kind of like a sucker, like a little bottom, bit lower. Oh yeah. Like a bottom, bottom feeder. feeder. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. Either way, both species taste amazing, but unfortunately the uh, white fish has been declining over the years. The populations here, uh, I still catch them. I still see them. It's not uncommon. You know, uh, sometimes we'll, especially in the early spring or the fall when we're doing the blade bait thing. I know you did that with me. Uh, it's not uncommon to see a couple, you know, one or two on a good day. Right. So you still, still run into those while you're catching the Cisco, but I mean, if the Cisco are thick, especially what's going to happen here in a couple more weeks when this water temperature comes up, mm-hmm. you can almost go every cast on every cast on Cisco if you're in the right area. Speaking of, you know, you said you're coming up at that time of year. What kind of water temperatures are we looking for? Um, we'll, let's start with water temperatures, and then let's talk about where we're going to find these fish. Uh, Absolutely. What kind of structure? You know, obviously, anybody listening to this who hasn't fished the Grand Traverse Bay area, when you get into it. Um, you know, besides the, the beautiful looking water, then you got to kind of start to piece together a plan and, um, you know, find your way around these bays, which can be overwhelming, especially if you're not used to big water. Absolutely. So let's, uh, let's start with water temperature. Like, like you talked about, um, right now. Okay. First of all, I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong things here. I I'll say that you can catch these fish all winter long. If there's ice, go out on the ice, you can get them. In the summertime, they're not as easy to get. They spread out. They swim fast. They get at different depths. In the summertime in July and August, I've caught them in 100, 
foot of water because obviously your surface temp comes up. Right. Now, if you're going to fish breaks and you're going to find them in shallow water and you want to cast to them, my number is 38 degrees. 38 degrees. 38 degrees is the magical number. I've caught them in 37 and a half. I caught one the other day casting and it was 30. I think I had like 36.4. But if you want to flat out, go get them. You want to whip them. It's your first time doing it. You're looking to do it on your own. If you wait till it's 40 degrees, I promise you, you're going to have a load of fun. Wow. The good thing about this is these fish are, like you said, coming in more towards the shallow. So you don't have to venture out if you don't have the biggest boat out into the deeper part of the waters. You can you can start to hone in closer to shore. Absolutely. If you have a 12-foot boat and you watch your winds, you do not have to go very far. If you have a Navionics, a Lake Master, whatever information you have, and now you can, we all know you can put Navionics on your phone. If you have that and you find yourself, I'm just going to throw one little spot. Okay, here's a spot, Dock Road here in Grand or in Traverse City on the East Bay. Dock okay. Road, it drops off immediately. You can almost probably cast from the shore and catch them on certain certain days. That's the closest spot I know that you can get out, cast off over the break, throw a blade bait, and I bet you can catch a Cisco from shore. That's the only place. I mean, there's probably other ones, but if you have a little 12-foot boat and you want to get out there and you want to get yourself, you know, I mean, at some point, the guys down in East Bay that are fishing the smallmouth, somebody's going to message me and be like, there's all these little fish swimming around and they're silver. Yeah, those were Cisco. They're up there, you know, in 10, 15 foot of water. You're going to see them. Gotcha. Now, are these fish constantly moving around in the shallows? Like, are they, or once you're on them, do they kind of stay schooled up in that area? Or are you going to have to keep moving, making big moves to stay on them? No, they're a schooling fish. If you're on them, you're on them. A lot of times what I do with my clients is I will basically go, and it, like I said, it's all temperature dependent. At a certain point, these fish get up in 10, 15 foot of water. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll just take my boat and I'll put it on spot lock right on the very edge of the, like the 30 to 35 foot break. And I'll tell my clients cast either over the break or parallel with the break each side. And it's just, it's just a blast. I mean, it really truly is. It's a lot of, it's a lot of hookups and it's a lot of losses because they have soft little mouths. You know, they have really soft lips. You'll pull the hooks out of them, but they, yeah, it's, they're just a schooling fish. I mean, it's, there's what a ton they, of them out there. So. What do they fight like? Um, if you're it depends on, so it depends on your tackle. I'm a big fan of overkill because I'm a man and I'm a, you know, from America. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I like, I like overkill because sometimes you run into trout. I mean, that happened to you. You got a nice trout when we were together last year and you don't want to get squared up on a 15 pound trout while looking for Cisco. I mean, granted you, you can catch one on a medium action, you know, you can get a trout into the boat on a medium action rod, but I just throw my same setups. Um, so they don't fight the greatest. They're, um, uh, you know, if you get a three to four pound fish on your, my daughters have a good time with them. They kind of kick my daughter's butts, but okay. it's more like kind of like maybe a little bit better than a Detroit river walleye. <laughs> gotcha. So. No, but that's important to say, because like you said, during this time of year, you're also going to be getting those lake trout that are the same thing that the last episode that you and I did last year, where you're kind of like in that break in the shallow and you're casting to them. Like you said, you don't want to get caught, you know, with your pants down, basically saying you're, you're on too light of a setup and now you're breaking off all the time where you could be getting and cashing in on those great opportunities oh. to catch lake or lake trout. Absolutely. So if you're just going to go out there, let's say, 
and you don't want to spend the money on a setup just to go catch Cisco. If you have a medium action, six to seven foot rod, 12 pound braid, 10 pound braid, and this is your bass rod, your your all-purpose walleye jigging rod, use that setup and just go out there and put about a two or three foot piece of 12 pound or 10 pound, I prefer 12 pound fluorocarbon on there, about two foot long and pitch that blade bait as far as you can or jig if you're gonna vertically jig them, it's a great way to go. Um, Although I would recommend casting because, you know, we're talking about water temperatures and whatnot. And our, that's our cast bite, and it's it's just a really good time. Right. And just to clarify, you're talking about uh, your leader there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. My leader, my fluorocarbon leader, two to three foot, 12 pound fluorocarbon, nothing special. To a barrel swivel or do you tie direct to the line? Uh, I personally do a barrel swivel. Okay. Um, a lot of people, it just, I kind of look at, you know, the guides on a rod. If a barrel swivel will go through there, then throw it. Um, if you think it's going to hang up and affect your cast and your accuracy, then just, you know, just do a double uni or FG knot. A lot of guys do the FG knot. That's a great one for casting through your guides. Okay. And then just a, uh, you know, I like the BMC crankbait snaps. They're strong. Any kind of a snap to hook onto your blade bait there. Okay. The other good thing about that too, is then if you have to, or you want to switch to the vertical jigging, uh, and you just go, throw a yeah, you throw a jig on and then you're not worrying about line twists if you're tying to that barrel swivel. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In in regards to if you were, you know, the tying directly to the line, your vertical jigging, as anyone's known, you can get a lot of line twist vertical jigging um after a long time and then you'll then you'll really hit yourself. But yeah. let's get back to some of the presentations that you were talking about. So the blade baits that you were throwing for Lake Trout, can you just kind of review those with folks so that way they're they're yeah, familiar with it? Yeah. Um Blade bait fishing is a tremendous amount of fun, especially once you learn how to, you know, use a blade bait effectively. Um, as far as purchasing blade baits, you know, you're you're doing this. You want to stay as close to bottom as possible. Three quarters of an ounce. I think you can get away with five eighths of an ounce. I personally don't fi fish five eighths of an ounce. I just fish three quarters. I do have some larger ones for lake trout, but that's a whole different category. We're talking about Cisco today, so five eighths of an ounce. Um, three quarters of an ounce fish USA. They have a huge line. Um, I'm a big fan of supporting Michigan based companies. So silver street makes a great blade bait. I like it because it's on split rings. Uh, number six VMC hooks. Um, another great one. Um, I've been using for two years now exclusively is a guy out of uh, Houghton, Michigan. His name's RJ Lures. I think I actually name dropped him last year. Um, still using his baits this year. He has a great bait, super sharp hooks, and they are his baits are just perfect. The color schemes are perfect. You know, don't overthink it. You just something bright, something white, and pitch it out there three quarters of an ounce. Let it hit the bottom, and then just start working it. And if you don't know how to work it, YouTube it. You can learn right off YouTube, go out, and a lot of times the fish, what they're going to do is they're going to pick it up on the drop. Okay. You're not going to feel it. So when you go to pull that bait again on the retrieve, you're going to be like, oh, there's a little bit of extra weight right there. Got ya. <clears throat> and now when it comes to, does live bait work for these things this time of year or no? Oh, geez. I bet you it would work amazing. Um, oh, am I going to okay. go out and spend money on live bait? Personally, no. Okay. Because I know I can jig them with a fake jig, but... Yeah, I would say if you went out and you were to put a put uh, maybe a perch rig down or something, I, I think you'd have a lot of fun. I really yeah. do. 
perch rig, maybe even just like a jig and a minnow, kind of casting out there a heavier one to kind of, like you said, get it down towards the bottom and just kind of popping it back to the boat. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, you know, we were talking about water temps and stuff and I will say right now, because we're cold, you know, we're under 37 degrees for the most part. There are some schools out there, but they're hanging in 60 to 70 feet. Every big school that I've found so far in the last week and a half, they've been in the 60, 70 feet range. So I would not go out and throw a blade bait for those. I would get right over them vertically set up just like lake trout, like our program is, and just drop, you know, a half ounce to a three quarter ounce spoon over top of their head. If you don't have that and you only have the one ounce spoon, put the one ounce down. They're going to bite that fine. Ah, yeah, the spoons. So when you're vertical jigging, um, can you put on like a, like, you know, sometimes when we go for the lake trout, we're putting on tubes. Can you put like a smaller tube down there or no? Once again, it's something that needs to be a program that experimented. I, I haven't done it. I stick, I, I keep my program very basic. There's a lot of fish out there. It always seems to work. And I just put the spoon down, boom, half ounce to one ounce. I'm not saying one man spooners spoon is better than the other, but keep it natural looking a little bit of white. I mean, I literally have two spoons that I use in the fall when they come in schooling, you know, they're all schooled up, ready to do their spawn thing. I have one spoon. I stay over them vertically and that seems to work. And that's a one ounce spoon. Okay. Now, when, when you're vertical jigging them, are they are they still catching it on the on the fall? Or are they feeding up? Um, on the fall, most of the times. Um, okay. A lot of times with Cisco, you, if you're vertical jigging them, you really have to be on your toes and watch your line. Don't go out there and try to run two rods at once. Just run one rod and watch your line because when you're going down, a lot of times that line is going to coil on the water, and it's because a fish has picked it up. Got or you. a lot of times you're just going down and you, you go to back, go back up. Ooh, there's a fish on there. Got you. So. And as you're ripping it and you're jigging it up and down, like you said, sometimes you get that line coil. Do you find yourself trying to keep more of a taut line as it goes down or is it okay I to do. give it a good, give it a good it's action? A, you know, I, it's one of them things. Everybody's, everybody has their difference. I mean, I'll put my dad in the boat with me or, you know, I'll see clients that aren't really paying attention and they're just, you know, they're just up and down and not watching and kind of watching the scenery and, Boom, all of a sudden they got a fish on because they're not watching. Okay, maybe their action's a little bit different. I personally, I'll go down and I will taunt so I can feel every little bump going down. That's just how I jig. Got you. I want to feel everything. I'm kind of probing. Okay. Other people, they just let their line fall, not paying attention. And oop, look, I got a fish on. So I think it's just it's Pers- whatever Pers- you're confident in, yeah. don't change it. Got you. So the next thing, you know, like you said, we were talking about, we were driving around, we were looking for that water temperature. We kind of know uh, the depth of where they're at. How are these things looking on your sonar and your fishing? Because that's something I think folks need to really pay attention to. Okay. So sonar, I feel, is everything for locating these fish when you're trying to vertical jig them. Okay. When you're trying to vertical jig these fish and it's fall time, it's going to look like... I don't want to say it's going to look like Elwife because some people have never seen Elwife. Anybody that's perched fish knows how perch look on a sonar. Imagine that in the middle column, if you're 140 foot, imagine seeing a wall of fish anywhere from 60 foot down to 120. I've seen it literally from 30 foot down to 90 foot and 140 foot of water. It's just a solid band of fish. And that's when they're, that's in the fall time when they're super thick, you're on your 2d sonar and Basically, you just drop it to them. 
These are massive schools of fish. These are massive schools I'm talking. I mean, these are huge, huge. Now, when it's August and I'm further out into the lake, you know, that's usually around August 1st, August 10th is when I'm kind of starting to see them come into the outer bay. And I'll be sitting there, I'll be with clients, we'll be doing a Laker trip, and I'll, I'll, I'll be targeting my Lakers 10 foot off bottom. And then I'll have a mark at 40 or 50 feet. It'll just be like one or two lone marks. I'll be like, oh, Cisco. Hurry up, reel up, catch a Cisco. So they're a little bit shallower in the summertime as far as like marking them. Not saying that I haven't caught them on bottom in 120 or 130 foot along with Lakers. I've done that plenty of times, but a lot of times you'll see them, you know, onesies, twosies. And I have a great picture. Actually, I will forward to you. It's got, you know, arrows pointing on it. This is a Cisco. This is a trout kind of a deal, how to pick them off. Yeah. Could you forward that to me? I can actually I throw it up for the, yeah, I'll throw yeah. it up for the listeners. That way they can kind of see what you're exactly what you're talking about. I think that'd be yeah. very beneficial. And like I mentioned, electronics are everything in any type. I mean, electronics have come so far and I can't say enough about how they've bettered myself as an angler, um, especially vertical jigging. You know, don't be afraid to crank your sensitivity up. Don't be afraid to change, you know, your channels of your Hertz and look wider you know, sit there on 455 and see what's off to the side if you're going to search around for Cisco. Um, but, you know, there's we have such a strong fishery here that a lot of people are just going to fish these things May through June, take, you know, July and August off, and then September, October, start hitting them hard again. Here's a question when it comes to your sonar. A lot of folks, especially coming up from other areas, might be used to a side scan. Can they show up on your side scan? Um, well, absolutely. In the shallower water. Right. Um, I personally, I don't play with my side scan too much in depths over 50 foot. Okay. Um, but yeah, you'll see them on your side scan. The tools now for electronics are, they're just getting better and better every single year. And if you are proficient using your side scan and you know what fish look like on side imaging, absolutely turn it on. Get yourself out in 70 foot of water, parallel that break and sit there and focus on your near shore side and sit there and run your side scan until you find a school. Okay. Now, after finding the school in that time of year, I mean, fall is kind of iffy, but I would think in the springtime, you could almost sight fish for them. Absolutely. You can. Yeah. You can absolutely. Yes, I've, I've talked to many guys that fish the southeast corner of Grand Traverse Bay or other parts of Grand Traverse Bay. And you can absolutely see these fish. You can cast at them. You can have a, you can have a blast with them. You really can. Right. I mean, they're a, they're a fun fish. And springtime, just for anybody who's never been there to uh, this area of Michigan, this water is like gin clear, especially in the springtime when the ice kind of goes out, if there is ice or there's not high winds. So you're looking what might seem shallow to you, you could be in 70 feet of water and see all the way to the bottom, no problem. Absolutely. Well, remember last year you're on the boat and I'm like, oh, I just got hit. We are thrown for, we are thrown blades for Lakers. And you're yeah. like, what? And I'm like, oh, look at that fish chasing. I mean, the fish was probably 50, 60 foot off the side of the boat and we're in 40 foot of water and you can see the trout down there just rolling all over on that bait trying to eat it. Yeah. And we watched it all the way come chasing underneath the boat. I mean, this year, no joke. I've got a program I've been working on for the trout. And I know this is a Cisco thing, but I got to throw it out there because I'm so darn excited about it. We've got a actual, this is not a bycatch. 
A lot of people have done this bycatch with a fly rod. We're going to go out there. We're going to target lake trout on a streamer fly rod. It's not a bycatch. We're actually going to target them. It can be done. We've done it. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be rolling it out later this spring. And uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, a few might, a few people might jump on and join us, but it's going to be a very narrow target window. It's going to be right in there with the Cisco. And I mean, the water's so clear, it can be done. No shit. You're going to do it on a fly rod? Yep. And a lot of people have done this in the Great Lakes State, you know, and Lake Huron, especially over in Lake Huron, you know, those guys, but it's bycatch. Maybe a Laker jumps on, maybe a brown trout. This is 110% lake trout. We are going to target lake trout. We're going to catch lake trout. And it's going to be visual. Man, It's going to be a be, good time. You're going to be like the tarpon fisher of the Great Lakes. Mm, I don't know about that. And, Tar- and I, tarpon fishing with a fly rod. Well, and you know, the funny thing is about this is I fully suspect to see Cisco come chasing after that fly. Because we're not right. fishing them deep. We're going to be fishing them, ten, you know, we're going to be fishing them over 40, 50 foot of water. Right. The Cisco are right there along with them. I fully suspect to see schools of Cisco chasing down that little streamer. It's going to be a good is, time. Is there going to be big lake trout in that area? Or are you just talking like the smaller size ones? Do the big ones come in that shallow? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're not talking, you know, I mean, you, we, you and I both know what large lake trout are. Right. Can a guy get a 15 pounder? Close to shore, yeah. But I'm guessing that guy's going to see more right. two to eight pound fish down in the lower yeah. part of the bay. Yeah, I got you. Depends on how hungry those big ones are. Exactly. You find the one with a pointy head, it's going to happen. Right. Um, okay, so I know you also that you sent out some questions to anybody. Did you have any questions that kind of piqued your interest that you thought would be good to bring up on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we covered a great one um, on for, you know, where can I find these fish? There's guys here that have just moved into the Northern Michigan area. They want to experience this. They've heard great things about it. Um, like I said, you know, if you're, if you're the guy that's got good sonar on your boat and you know how to use it, get your temperature reading on there, get out there. And if you see 40 degrees, I'm just going to fill this out there. Go somewhere on East Bay on the eastern side. If if there's low winds, go on the eastern side and work all the way from Mountain Jacks to Charlevoix. Okay. There you go. There's a long way. Get yourself on the break. Start casting blade bait over the side. I bet you can catch Cisco consistently, and you'll have yourself a favorite little spot. And part of the fun of fishing, you know, so many guys these days, they want it. You know, how do I do it? Where do I go? Well, part right. of fishing for me is mm-hmm. learning you know, teaching myself things. Find your own honey hole too. That, yeah, way, you, yeah. that way you don't have to go out there and tell everybody where it's at. You're just like, I got my spot. I know where it's at. So many people message me and they'll say, oh, well, I went to Elk Rapids last year and there's a ton of Cisco there. Well, yeah, I mean, I can go there on a Saturday morning. I can see six to 12 boats. You know, you got two guys trolling them. You got three guys jigging and three guys casting couple more jigging. I mean, and this is, you know, something that we didn't even talk about yet. You can troll for these things. If trolling, if jigging or casting is not your game, put out your lead core, put out your, you know, your boards and troll them like walleye with spoons. Yeah. Get, like you said, it, that's why I guess I should have brought that up. Cause that's what I, I wanted to allude to was if you're doing your side scan and you're one of those guys that fishes the great lakes and you're used to trolling, find where they're at, go parallel to that break or the shore and, 
and then run your boards out there. Get it away from the boat from a ways, um, you know, far further than probably what you're used to with walleye. It is, this is, like I said, gin clear water. Yep. But get get those boards out there a, a long ways and, and then start hitting that shoreline of where you think they're going to be at or what you think is um, Cisco on your, on your side scan and see what sticks. And then what are most guys using to troll for these things? Are you using small spoons? Or are you using small spoons? Small run spoons. your, run your, uh, your Michigan stinger spoons, your dream, your little dream way river spoons, okay. those little okay. walleye spoons and just run natural colors, run your, okay. your blues and silvers, you know, your chartreuse and whites, your blues and whites, your reds and whites, your orange and whites. I mean, if you, if it looks good to you and I bet you can get a bite, put it out there, you know, run, do something like a, uh, a, I don't know, a, uh, a 15, 30, 45, or, you know, a 40, 30, 20 kind of a scenario depends right. on how many lines you're running and just stagger them in the column, just like you would with walleyes. And I mean, that's a great way to go. I think it's personally, I don't do trolling trips. I think it's a lot more fun just because we can sit in one spot and just catch them, catch them, catch them. But I do know guys out. I see guys out there all the time trolling them. Right. That's a good point. Get any more questions on that came through on Instagram? Um, I had one guy that uh, asked, he asked for coordinates. Uh, if you're listening, you probably know who you are. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give out coordinates, man. I just gave a huge, huge plethora of fish all the way from Charlevoix to, you know, Mountain Jacks, whatever, East Bay Launch. The, there's a lot of fish in there. Um, and I'm not just saying fish East Bay, West Bay. I will straight up tell you right now, the first place I go for my first fishery or like the first time I'm going to go out and whip on Cisco, I'm going to go to West Bay because there's a spot out there. I just went to it the other day. Right. Huge schools, always first thing in the season. And I mean, it's, you'll see a lot of people out there in the next week or two. You'll see on a Saturday, there'll be 10, 15 boats out there. Yeah. You know, some of my best times going out on the bays up there when I was up there was like you said, going out by myself. And if I had a whole day to fish, I might not have caught a ton of fish, but I found my own honey holes of lake trout in the summertime of salmon, um, of burbot and things like that, that I found that I probably would never give up. Uh, but now that I found those spots and I have those coordinates, it was like, it was almost more rewarding to have found the spots than who have caught the fish, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody that kind of, I don't want to use the word native, but lives up here year round and spend a lot of time fishing the bays. I mean, you and I talked and you and I had fished a lot of the same spots and I'm sitting there telling you, I hate that spot. It's terrible. All I can catch is four to five pound trout off of it. And you're like, Oh, I've got this 12 and I got this 14 pounder out there. And this is how I fish them <laughs> here. I'm like, yeah, I went waste more than five minutes over there. Yeah. Yeah. So that everybody's was a funny got their own, yeah. Everybody's got their own favorite spots. I definitely, I have my own favorite spots. I have the cool part about the fishery up here on grand Traverse Bay is it's, it's a reef complex in the outer Bay and extends all the way into Lake Michigan. There is reefs 40 miles out. 50 miles out, 20 miles from Munising. I mean, there's reefs that it would probably be easier for me to drive to the UP and come back down south than instead of go to the northwest trying to fish these things from, you know, the ports we have here in Traverse City. But my, right. my mind never really stops turning on this stuff. No, and it, it's – I like your program because – it's not the traditional, like you said, trolling, going out and watching boards go back. I mean, I can't do it. 
Yeah, you see so many boats. If you're going to go out to this Grand Traverse and you you find other charters, most of the time they're going to be going for Lake Trout or they're going to be, you know, they're going for the infamous salmon, salmon that everybody wants to catch. Well, you're going out in the big water. You're you're throwing boards out, downriggers out, and uh, that's when you're kind of just waiting to find the fish. The one thing it that turns I, into a bruise cruise. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's the way you like to fish, and that's you're not that into I'm it. I'm not knocking it. Yeah, right. I'm not knocking exactly. it. Exactly. You're putting fish in the boat. You're having a good time. As long as you're fishing, I'm happy. But if you're looking for a unique challenge, um, go back to the episode that I did with Bob back uh, last year. Probably some maybe a little bit later than this is when we did yeah, it. Was May. Yeah, it was in May when we did it. But listen to that program that he has there. Listen to this podcast that we just did here, and you're going to find a unique way with a rod in your hand the entire time of not only catching Cisco, but like you said, when they're grouped up together, take advantage of this time of year, and uh, you can reel in some lake trout as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you hit the, like you said, reel in lake trout as well. If you hit the temperature right and you're sitting at – 40, I mean, this, and this is something we haven't covered this fit, this blade bite fishing. It will literally go. I mean, last year around, it was like 56 degrees. I was like, Oh, you know, I mean, it's getting tough. We probably should start jigging them. You could, you literally can do this for a month. Yeah. I know guys, I'll see guys, you know, yakking online. They'll be like, it'll be like almost June 25th. And it'll be like, Oh, how's the Cisco fishing going? And you know, the other thing too, is follow the water temperature. It's going to be different on different parts of the bay. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. It's not like I mean, it all these, warms up together. Yes. It, I mean, you can go and I, I, I do this all the time. You can go into the outer bay. And when I'm saying, I shouldn't even say outer bay, you can go out into Lake Michigan and you can catch Cisco mid June using the tactics we've covered in this conversation right. because the big lake has usually eight to 10 degrees cooler water. Yep. Yep. And it's constantly flipping and turning all the time. Absolutely. So if you feel like you're losing your bite for Cisco and the lower bay, you know, if you, if it's, if it's the first of June and you're like, man, the Cisco, you know, this shallow water thing, it's pretty much wrapping up. You know, I I still want to fill the freezer one more time, or I want to, you know, smoke some fish one more time, head out to Northport. I bet you, you can do just as good out there. And just head north, right? You know, find yourself a spot, work the brakes, shoot a bunch of sonar. I bet you you can find them. I bet you can get them into them. But for time being, right now, it's about to, it's about to go off. Well, good. I hope people get up there and take advantage of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. And if you have questions, no, you know, if a guy has questions and hey, how's it doing? What's that water temp? You know, I kind of really want to hit it when it's forty or forty-two degrees. That way, I know it's a sure thing. Send me a message on Instagram or Facebook at Central Coast Angling. Send me a message. I love helping people. What's the water temp? What's the winds like? Hey, I'm seeing south winds on Saturday. It's the only day I can get up. What do you what do you what bay do you recommend? What are the water? Temp? I'm gonna tell you. I don't I'd love to help you, but I I'm just gonna straight tell you. Dude, that's nice that you're throwing that out yeah. there. And you know, you I, don't have to pay me 450 bucks if you want to go come and catch these fish. I'm just going to give you the information because they're an easy fish to catch. And bring a kid. That's all I ask. Take a kid fishing. Right. Especially right now with all the crazy stuff going on in the world. Yeah. If ever, And if folks, if you haven't followed Bob over at Central um, Central Coast Angling, right? Yep. On, is that on Instagram too? It's the same on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Go, go over there and look at the pictures that uh, Bob is posting right now of just taking his, his daughters out and 
you know, they're, they're reeling in some great fish and looks like you guys are having a blast. And obviously during these times, let's be somewhat, um, conscious, obviously don't come up here with guys from all over the place. Yeah. 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 We talked about that earlier before we got on this conversation, right? You know, if you're coming up here and I'm not just saying downstairs, if you're coming from the North, anything's possible right now, right? It's a crazy time. Don't be the guy to blame, right? Come with your dad, come out here with your mom, your brother-in-law, just, you know, bring your son, bring your daughter. Right. That's the best. I mean, right now is a perfect time to be bonding with your kids. Yes, I agree. You know, this, these are the times that my dad or my mom took me fishing when I didn't have school for six months. Cause it sounds like they're done with school right now. Yep. They just got announced uh, two days or yesterday. Actually they're done. Yeah. Yeah. So they're done for the year. My kids are going to remember this time as, Hey, Bob took me fishing. We didn't have nothing to do. Bob was doing house projects. Hey, let's go out in the boat and let's catch some fish. And th- they went out and they whooped the snot out of fish. Take a kid fishing. It's a great time to learn something about your kid. Great time for that bonding experience. You know, take advantage of this time. Yep. You know, don't come up here with 10 guys looking to fill a cooler. No, be smart. We don't need that. No, we need to be smart during these times, like you said. And, uh, you know, just depending on when this episode comes out, it's probably going to come out in a week or two, but we're still going to be in the thick of everything. But, you know, yeah, yeah. the DNR are closing down launches they're close when they see sh- stuff that guys are guys and gals are breaking the rules and not being smart about things we're losing our our access so be smart yeah yeah be smart guys don't you know just keep the boat numbers you know i don't want to say keep the boat numbers down you know but keep the people in your boat number down keep your party fishing down keep it you know if you go out and you got three guys in the boat great that's cool you know if you have a bare boat and you're doing that even better i personally run a 22 footer i had three people in my boat including me the other day i had my daughter and uh one of my first mate there chris and you know we were stopped by the co's and we had no issues they were happy to see us out there happy to see us enjoying the sunshine and a beautiful day on the water well that's good to hear man well Thanks for coming on the podcast. I missed the shit out. Of, I missed the shit yeah. out of living up there. It's uh, we miss you, man. Uh, uh, Hopefully, uh, where you'll be me? coming up here. I know you're building a house and stuff right now. I know you're busy. Life gets busy, but uh, yeah, really, there's no reason you can't come up here and join me at least once. You know, we'll we'll do the uh, Lake Superior camp a couple times this year. We've been doing that, and if you want to jump in on that, you know, come on, come on up there, and we'll we'll uh, we'll go out like 40, 50 miles. We'll do some stupid stuff. We'll lose some sleep and whatnot i miss uh i miss maude the the bulldog oh yeah she's back in action you know i mean (laughs) she was out the other day for the first time and she was doing her classic you know she's barking getting irritated because we weren't getting fish for you know her required amount of time she wants one about every two minutes but you know there's some lag time in there and she's still feisty as ever she made it through another winter so it should be a good season for her awesome she's staying in shape uh you know i mean my wife says she's fat every day but i think she's beautiful oh man i love her yeah, she's a good dog. All right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks for dropping all that great knowledge. Folks can check him out over at Central Coast Angling on Instagram. Hit him up. DM him. He's he's offered to help you guys out if you're yeah, looking to happy get to help. There. You yep. don't have to book me if you want help. Just message. Awesome. I'm happy to help. Awesome, Bob. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Good to hear your voice, brother. Yeah, stay safe. All right, you too. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Bob Hines for coming on the podcast today. Bob is a great dude. Make sure you head on over to centralcoastangling.com and or follow him on Instagram at Bob Hines or Central Coast Angling on Instagram as well. And as you can tell from this episode, Bob is a great dude. He is a rare breed and is always willing to share a ton of great information. So make sure you take advantage, DM him, 
ask him some questions on how to fish the Grand Traverse Bay area and or just the Great Lakes in general. But anyways, folks, we are still not able to fish here in Michigan from a motorized boat. So yeah, in my opinion, that's just asinine. Uh, I get the social distancing part and I get the fact that times are crazy and we need to be practicing social distancing, but to take it away and, you know, to take away fishing basically all together from a motorized boat is, uh, it's frustrating. So let's just hope we can get through this soon. We can all be back on the water here in Michigan in our boats, enjoying the sunshine and catching some fish. In the meantime, I want you guys to stay safe. Please do me a a huge solid and follow me on Instagram and just send me a DM to check in. I would love to hear from you guys during these times. All right. And as always, thanks for listening.